Well, hello everyone and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast where we coach you in the Word of God. We're so glad to have you today joining in with us from wherever you are, from the United States or around the world to study the Word of God with us. We're grateful. We want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We also want to remind you of our book, I Surrender, that is on Amazon or in your local bookstore. Um, Today we're going to go into part two, session two, of the message, The Two Speakers That Must Be Heard. Again, we appreciate you from wherever you are. May God bless you. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us and then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed in the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak to us now. Through the Holy Spirit, we will sanctify ourselves, surrender ourselves, and yield ourselves to that end. Bring us to know, do, demonstrate, and understand what it is that you want done. We'll receive it, release it to your people. In the process, we'll be corrected and we'll be blessed. I ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. The two speakers that must be heard. We were finishing up the first speaker, which is the blood. Uh, and we were talking about how the blood activates grace. And grace is applied by the appropriation of faith. So does God honor faith? And the answer is unequivocally yes. Uh, the uh, God honors faith that's manifested through the correct substance, and that can be, then become an evidence. Of course, we are now aware that the substance is the blood, the evidence is grace. Grace through faith can be manifested to meet any need that's represented by the believer. Now we can put muscle into Paul's declaration in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We know that Jesus Christ was identified in John 1.14 as being grace. We now know precisely and with precision how God's going to fulfill the content of this verse. Paul was sure of its execution by the economy of that person, Jesus Christ. And my friend, you can be as well. You simply have to know the information from the divine plan of God. Then you have to exercise the wisdom to apply the divine plan. When you do, grace will be in you, around you, and will manifest itself to the outcome of which becomes your ability to locate the meaning of the need. And it will always come, according to Hebrews 4, In the nick of time, what a mighty God we serve. If we could only get in step with him, if you notice I used wisdom and information, those things when coming through the next part of this, which is him that speaks, will come to you through wisdom that will be able to apply the knowledge or the information 
of which you could comprehend and be able to actually put it into work. That's where we're headed. Before we get there, let's look at this concept for a second of giving because it uh, is to be, the, the idea of giving and receiving is that giving is to be able to reproduce something. So faith is involved with giving and receiving. What's your motive? Is the motive to spread the gospel or is it to get a fattened wallet? How do you think the God who knows the depths of your thoughts and intentions will deal with the gifts provided from this motive? This is the attempt by the, the giver whenever he uses faith at random to fleece the spiritual. It's not really faith at all. Any game that comes to you is produced by the world of darkness because it's driving you away from the purposes of God with respect to faith. And obviously, my friend, that's dangerous ground. Giving of resources to God from the things of which you have received is a cycle that God will reproduce and he will bless. When we give with the motive of our giving being a representation of our honoring God for what he has given us, then our giving is received by God and it is blessed. Our faith then appropriated is appropriated correctly. We then having given and him having received are able to restart the cycle of this divine expression. He then gives to us what he is, what is he giving? He's giving the word of God. He's giving the intimate prayer. He's giving worship. He's giving encouragement, peace, joy, the spirit of truth. He's providing a healthy body to interact with the world and make the gains required to reestablish the giving and receiving cycle that will occur on your very next worship opportunity. Philippians 4.15, Paul speaks of this cycle of giving and receiving as it is communicated to his need. He knew that he had been faithful to abound in Christ and to be abased when necessary. This made him know that his needs would always be met. My friend, ours are no different. Our faith and faithfulness to give and start the divine cycle of giving and receiving will allow us to know that God will always meet our need. Now, how does he do it? Well, he does it by the substance of the blood. The blood then activates the evidence of grace. Our faith appropriates what's been activated to be applied to the need. Grace ministers and the need is satisfied. The blood speaks, my friend, even concerning giving and receiving. Now let's go to verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for they... If they escaped, not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. The acts of Jesus go as far, as wide, as deep, as he goes. Don't ever forget that. The acts of Jesus go wherever he goes. Now we're talking from Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 25. 
Look at the scripture. Do not refuse him. Now watch this carefully. Do not refuse him that speaks. Now look at why he speaks. He speaks through the blood. These words release grace. These words are revealed to man by faith. The purpose is to bring man into the operation of God through the plan of salvation. Each of these are gifts given and provided by Jesus Christ. Now look at how he speaks. He speaks from heaven. He speaks as the man in the Godhead bodily. He directs the Holy Spirit with what he speaks. The Holy Spirit expressly speaks what he says and only what he says. When does he speak? According to John 14 through 17, he speaks to the believer who is prepared to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The prepared believer identifies with the Holy Spirit through the evidence of tongues. The prepared hearer is endued with power as he speaks. What does he speak? The prepared hearer is led, guided, shown, and given things to speak. The giftings of the Holy Spirit that are of a divine nature. If that's what he speaks. Wisdom or the ability to, to, to apply the divine thought. Knowledge, or the ability to be given information and then comprehend that information, understand it. Discernment, or the ability to know the spiritual content of one's thoughts and intentions. Now this discernment does not only pertain to you being able to discern what's going on in the spirit of someone you're encountering. This discernment is the ability for you to discern your motives, your thoughts, your intentions, and for you to find out what it is that you are hiding in your inner man that is becoming a blockage to your own blessing. Discernment of spirits means that you are able to tell from what spirit your intentions, your motives, your thoughts, your ideas are coming from. We've always looked and thought we would discern someone else's spirit, never realizing that the Word of God said that He is searching your heart. What's He searching your heart for? So that He can give you the very best. Romans 12, 8, 28, for all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. A few verses prior to that, you're going to see that uh, the writer of the book, Paul, makes the very astute comment concerning how the Holy Spirit operates with respect to uh, the searching of the heart. Look into verse 25. Let's begin at verse 25. But if we hope 
For that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh its intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, what we're seeing there is, is that our spirit is being searched, and we then have the ability to discern what it is we need to bring under the blood and find grace to be applied and then appropriate our faith to. This, this thing of the gifts of the Spirit have all been made to appear that they are outward because the, the world is focused on tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. But what we're finding is that as we grow deeper into him and listen to him who speaks, he begins to tell us how to fix ourselves. Discernment or the ability to know the spiritual content of one's thoughts and intentions. Then we go to faith. Faith or the finished application which is equated to the faith of Jesus Christ. When we're operating in the spirit, we're doing what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. We're living this life by the faith of Jesus Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. Healing. The ability to provide ministry, to bring a person to wholeness. This includes understanding how all of the actions of Jesus must be applied to the believer, as one will never be whole until they come to that understanding. So let's look at healing. Let's think about healing for a second. We all look at healing and we think healing strictly uh, is the expression of Jesus as he healed the blind. Uh, or as he uh, revealed healing to the demoniac. My friend, healing comes in the plan of salvation. Healing comes as the very first thing that Jesus Christ did in dying on the cross and giving forgiveness, and healing came into your spirit. Healing as the divine plan from the gifts of the Spirit means that you and I can walk with people through the six steps of salvation and see them healed, healed in their spirit, healed from their fleshly desires, healed from the sin nature, healed from the wrong source of worship, healed from the lack of dominion, healed from the ability of not hearing the voice of Jesus Christ. Healing is a great thing, and it is bigger than physical healing. Whenever we come into it in the gifts of the Spirit, it opens up the plethora of what healing actually denotes in the spirit world. Now, miracles. Miracles are the divine expression or the complete dominion focused in the lordship of Jesus Christ that is the core of his kingdom. Tongues, which is the ability to be used for the purpose of divine communication to the people. Interpretation of tongues. Tongues will be in a language that the listener does not understand. So they must be interpreted. Now I want you to note this right here. 
Here is a sticking point that those who do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost consistently harp upon. They say that all those present on the day of Pentecost heard them speak in their language of their birth. This was in fact the scripture of that moment as it, and, uh, as it occurred that exact way. Now, Paul, the one who gives us this teaching, does not coincide his message to the church of God at Corinth using that same messaging. He declares the necessity for an interpreter. Now, we'll preach Paul in a whole lot of different ways, but we never questioned because they told us they all heard him speak in their own language. Of course, this was all the known nations of the world that were there on the day of Pentecost. So it probably would have been hard at that point in time to come up with a language that somebody in the audience wouldn't understand. The greater miracle is not that they understood, but that they all heard the same thing. They heard them speaking the wonderful works of God. This tells me now because Paul is the one who the Holy Spirit has directed to give as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit that tongues would be involved of which Jesus spoke about in Mark 16, of which the Holy Ghost enacted in Acts chapter 2, and Paul turns around and he begins to teach the nine gifts of the Spirit, and he includes tongues and interpretation. This tells me that the tongues used would not be in a language of the birth tongue. Otherwise, there would have been no reason for Paul speaking from the perspective of the Holy Spirit, being directed to include such instructions. Think about that. In that case, there would have only been a need for eight gifts of the Spirit. If the interpreter was not required. But Paul provided this gift under the direction and instruction of the Holy Spirit. So we must conclude the following. The first thing we must conclude is that if the Holy Spirit breathed the scripture, Paul wrote it down exactly as breathed, the Holy Spirit did not breathe that scripture on his own, but he breathed that scripture because Jesus Christ, who the word of God declares, the Holy Ghost will not speak of his own, he'll only speak what I tell him, that Jesus Christ himself, who brought this whole thing about the Holy Spirit from John 14, 15, 16, and 17, then in Mark 16, he brings tongues into play, then he teaches there will be an enduring of power in Acts chapter 1. Then there was a day when they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Jesus Christ is now teaching and speaking. And the Holy Spirit is simply repeating what Jesus Christ has said. Think about that. He's not made, Paul didn't make this up on his own. Paul didn't come up with these gifts on his own. They were given in by the Holy Ghost who got them from Jesus. Now, if you believe Scripture, then you have to follow that line 
And you have to understand this is how it came to be. On the day of Pentecost, the visitors were from all the nations of the world, according to Acts 2.5. Representing the world, the language was understood but was perplexing to their mind. Why was that? Because these 120 were speaking a language of which they had no known relationship. They were speaking in the Spirit without teaching or without training. This unlearned behavior threw the entire group into a state of complete confusion. They spoke in a tongue that those listening heard. They spoke in a tongue with a dialect that they recognized, but there was no training. This was all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Now the 120, I want to ask you which one of them knew what he was speaking and knew exactly how he was to speak it. Which one of them identified the one to whom they were directing their message? Which one of them did that? Looked out across that, that vast amount of people from all nations and said, I'm speaking to you from so-and-so, and this is your language for you to hear about the wonderful works of God. How many people make up a group of devout men from every nation? I don't know. But it would be safe to assume that they were more than 120. So the miracle of this moment is not that they heard them in their language. It is that the Holy Ghost opened their ears to hear. I assure you, not one of the 120 knew to whom they, uh, the Spirit was speaking, nor were they aware of the consistent message that they all heard. They were simply worshiping God, speaking as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. Now think of that. Everyone heard one message in their own tongue. They heard it in their own dialect. That information is miraculous as we know that 120 people did not speak with that intention. The Holy Spirit directed it to the ear of the hearer. Now Paul clarifies the tongues would require an interpreter. And we preach Paul if we preach the New Testament. But the church refused to see this aspect of Paul's teaching. He clearly defines this interpretation as a gift that's not only of the Spirit, but is related directly to another gift of the Spirit, which is tongues. But the church would rather not hear him as he speaks from heaven. They would rather hear those who write concerning him, those people who write commentaries, and after commentary, and after commentary, and they are the learned, and they are the educated, and they are those who are taking the Greek and writing it down in its Greek form, and they have no revelation. Look at what the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying in this verse. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Some will say, when we read his word, we hear him as he speaks to us through the word. Look at the scripture, my friends. The context is given as the audible connection through which those who crucified him 
who were spoken to by him and spoken directly to them. For if they escape not, who refused him that spake, where did he do it? On the earth. Notice, this refers to his verbal speaking to the Jews while he was with them on the earth. They rejected him. And they will not not escape the results that will occur due to that rejection. Now look at how it ends. In the middle portion of this verse, much more shall not we escape. Not only those who wouldn't hear him, but those who refuse to hear him as he speaks from heaven, will have rejected him, and they will not escape. We know that he is speaking. Why, Pastor? Because he told us so. We know from where he is speaking. Well, how, Pastor? Because Peter told us so. If we know these two items and we refuse and reject his speaking, then we will be unable to escape the results of our refusal. What is the result of our refusal, Pastor? Well, my friend, it may be that you are easily entrapped, entwined, re-engaged with the world. It may be that sin overtakes you. It may be that you live in the cycle of sin that consistently brings you back to the cross and you trying to get yourself back in there and then you sit again and sit again and sit again and you grow cold. It may be that you become one of whom he looks at and says, turn away from me, I never knew you. I don't know. But I know what the scripture said. Much more shall not we escape who refuse to hear him who is speaking from heaven. To me, this is very clear because the relationship is established between Jesus who speaks in the earth during his ministry and Jesus Christ, the man in the Godhead bodily, who speaks from his position as that man who is speaking into the earth through the means of the Holy Spirit. How do we know that he's speaking? Well, we have two witnesses, Peter in Acts 2.28, 2.38, the writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 12.25. The Bible identifies the agreement of the two, so we must conclude that he is speaking from heaven. As we draw that conclusion, we must identify where we stand on the subject of the speaker. How do we reject the clear and cooperative word from Scripture, or do we receive it? The answer is, to that question will speak clearly to what you can expect from your action of acceptance or from your action of refusal. You will be disengaged if you refuse him, 
and you will do so with intention and purpose. You will do so with complete intent. The result is how will you escape the onslaught of the power of darkness? You will be deceived by the powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in high places to such an extent that your own mind play tricks on you. This disengagement leaves you vulnerable to the common things that the devil uses to beguile and defile one who attempts to live a spiritual battle without a spiritual covering. You'll say, but I read the book. I study the manual. As you do with absolutely no revelation of the Spirit, the Bible, as precious as it is, is a living document. It is a document of living revelation. So without the influence and impact of the Spirit of God, without the understanding of the blood, grace, and faith, the Bible will become to you a book. And you will then begin to question God and His Word. You'll say, why God? Why not God? Where are you, God? I can't seem to hear from you, God. I see it in this book, but I can't figure it out. I don't know how to use it. Why? Because you've rejected the spirit that must be activated to replicate the contents of the book. So your next question is, will I be lost? Well, you've placed yourself in a position where living a Christian life as prescribed by the Word of God becomes extremely difficult. As I said, you've built a wall between yourself and the one that the book is all about. Without the Holy Spirit executing the revelatory input that comes from Him, the book has great content. But for you, who have rejected to hear Him speak, no means of application. Just as clearly as you can identify what your action or acceptance will bring, it will release, he, he will release the Holy Spirit to reproduce Jesus Christ in you. This will become your hope of glory as He is defined in your spirit. As He speaks revelation, well, it's revealed. New understanding of the information, new knowledge, new comprehension, of the information concerning the scriptures provided, you're able for the first time to discern how the scripture applies to you. This is a tremendous position for the one who desires to hear him speak from heaven, produce himself in the believer. Lastly, from the gifts of the Spirit is the word of prophecy. Jesus told us he would produce this in us. He said he would show us things to come, so we know that prophecy was taught by Jesus. We also know that tongues were taught by Jesus as a part of his lordship. Remember, he was placed in the position of ultimate dominion as the second Adam. When he returned, he spoke this into existence in Mark 16. Tongues will be a part of the means for complete dominion. Father, I pray that you will bless. I pray that you will move. I pray that we will hear your word and be moved by it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. May God bless you as you study his word. Find him as Lord. There you'll find dominion. Find him as the man in the Godhead and there he'll speak and show you great and mighty things that you know not. God bless you until we speak again.